on the seventh day, God created the right man and said, go forth with your full head of hair, my son. So church on a Sunday, as Righty will be preaching the good word of football any given Monday. And here we are, back again on a Sunday night, talking about rugby league. Boys, how are we going, Freddy? Before we talk about the the league, what want to hear about your week, mate? Uh, not much happened. We trained at Mitchie, I worked, and I slept. That was about it. Oh, actually, I made peace with the Fernie Grove Tavern, and Did I actually really? ventured there last night to watch the footy, ran into a group of people I knew. Yeah. Uh, the publican looked like the the premier of uh, Victoria. Uh, signed in, saw a couple of people I know. wasn't much. It wasn't like going off, but it was not as horrible as I expected. We well, picked it out. So you back kind of. Oh, we just went there because I wanted. We wanted. We were watching a footy, and we wanted to be somewhere where there was no people. Yeah. And I could think of anywhere that's going to have less people than there but then a couple of groups of people I know happen to roll in yeah so that was it so yeah the old FGT uh, visited there last night and one of the faves of the show Cal Stewart he yeah sent me a message he's there at the moment is he really I was there before should tell him to come around do the bubbler for us oh <laughs> Cal Stewart um yeah, I spent the week down Wog. I was down in Wagga with uh, just one of my mates doing uni shit, and um, got a couple of days on the slopes as well. But the um, with Wagga, so you're waking up, it's minus one at Wagga, and then during the day it gets up to about the six. So it's like I like the cold because we don't. It's a you know it's a novelty for us, you know. So getting out into the into the cold, and we're working in a workshop as well, like a it's a high school workshop. What I, what I'm doing. But I, I, I love it, mate, like getting rugged up and beanies and, and it's some actual fashion. That's, yeah. you know, even though it's, uh, we, we, our fashion we show up here is what's singlet and fucking boardies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, down there. But from after the trip to Wagga, we drove down to um, Jindabyne so we could get hit Threadbow and stuff. Yeah. But we didn't realise because of all the COVID shit yeah. that there's no fucking ski passes available. Yeah. So the first day we were down there, we hire snowshoes like the tennis rackets. Yeah, yeah. We walk, we and then we go up to a, like we gondola it up to the top of one of the peaks of um, Mount Kosciuszko, and we walk just walking up these fucking slopes. So you're walking for about two hours to get about twenty seconds of snowboard time, and, and then the next day, luckily, we went at eight o'clock in the morning because they said because the Vic um, borders shut so there was a lot of a lot of cancellations and so with the cancellations they can they can on sell that ticket so we got a lift ticket for Threadbow mm-hmm. out of their 26 runs four runs were open because of the snow has been pretty it's cold enough they just haven't had the the you know the rain the weather yep. um, but yeah but man so many wombats down there so I, I I definitely don't condone like drink driving. I'm I'm definitely against it. But one <laughs> the second night we had uh, a bit too many more than we thought we had because the guy that was giving us us jugs, he said he also put five shots of vodka in the last jug before he shut the bar. Right. And so I'm driving home and I'm I'm sitting there. It's a twenty minute drive from um, Threadbow to Jindabyne. And I, I had to keep one eye shut so I wasn't seeing double. And I had my right hand on the wheel and Shrine, my mate, I had his right hand on the left side of my wheel and we're doing it together. 
because we were so stressed about hitting one of the huge fucking wombats. And we saw about 10 of them. <laughs> and they, these wombats, man, they're walking across the roads like fucking horses. At what point did you realize that you probably shouldn't have been driving? Yeah, this, you was, got this one was a nice bad shot idea. I just, <laughs> thought, I just thought the Uber price was going to be too extreme, eh? <laughs> like, I, the losing my license for a couple of years was cheaper than the Uber price getting <laughs> right. back from, yeah. <laughs> You did a bit of training with Wes on uh, Saturday morning. Yeah. I, well, anyway, Dano's week first. Oh uh, well, no! Just, I just, what? How was that? Just give us a quick brief. Yeah. How was that? You know, like is, I know, obviously, you can't reveal certain things because they're very cloak and dagger. The old West coaching staff, like yeah. they have aliases and they meet in car parks in yeah. disguises and stuff, so the rest of the world doesn't find out. Yeah. And all have like code names <laughs> under each other's phones, yeah. but. From what you can reveal, yeah, what, uh, how was that? You know, getting back into a high level of training because after being back playing park footy for a few years, and yeah, before we get into footy, could you just um, intro our guest, mate? Right. For the, yeah, okay. We introduce a man. Brushed, well brushed, well brushed. Well, no, well, no, I just wanted okay. to, if we're going to start talking footy, I wanted yeah. Bokes right. to be Is on it. Hey, do you have to message someone to see what you can reveal to the outside world or not? Yeah, no, no, I'll talk about it for sure. Do you have to no, But I wanted Bokes to be able to, to jump in. the man with the code name T? T. <laughs> what will T allow me to speak about? All right. Just introduce our fucking guest. Okay. <laughs> Tonight, it's a special time. There's a man... Who is well-known throughout the globe in rugby league circles. I once read an article where they referred to him as the Mahatma Gandhi of rugby league. What Mahatma Gandhi was to the human race, Robert Bergen is to rugby league and the growth of the game throughout the planet Earth. Rob, how are you? And this man, he... uh, an accomplished author. I think his last book was on the New York Times bestsellers list, probably got to position four or something. <laughs> He's got a new book out, Marone's Mentality. Uh, Robbie, how are you? Give your book a plug, my friend. I think you just did it, though. I think that was all time. You, you'll be on like, UFC Island next next Not. month instead of Bruce Buffett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that was epic. He's so, like, don't, don't want to um, narrow in what you want to talk about, but fucking give your book a plug, you know? <laughs> we'll start off with the book, you know? I want to start Look off at my with fucking the sign whiteboard. there. It says... NRL talk before book because I wanted him to talk about the NRL before the book. I do. Do you think I were just, you pissed when you please, wrote that? Do you, no, it's because I was doing it with this one. But well, do, do you think I waste time with this whiteboard? That's well, how I got it. You when you throw out plans, I just think of them as suggestions, and I've elected to Burks, brush your suggestions every week, mate. I have to tell him to put up a po- uh, post saying, make sure you ask questions. And I and wait for him to message me two or three and times. And when did you do I it play. this week? Uh, yesterday. You motherfucker. It's not early enough. Oh, well, I did tell everyone we're going live soon. Oh, so okay. that's enough right. because we get to we get to magnitudes of people and did magnitudes of places. Did you guys bring me on as a, a guest or a marriage counselor? Yeah, Berg, say how you going, mate, anyway. <laughs> Berg, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. I, I want to know about this Mahatma Gandhi reference. Though. I think that was you on Facebook, and that's the only person that's ever called me that. No, but I just want to say to you that um, if you're looking to write a third book, yep. Christian Freed's become a motivational speaker, like a life coach. He's created this. He's, yeah. he, it's not fabricated. You know, like... He likes to help people in times of need. I did. He like- sent a message to the boys the other night in a group chat that was 
really moving. It reduced people to tears. Well, is it I always do. I, I throw shit out there, so I want to see people's reactions because they don't know my sense. I've got a sick sense of humor, yeah. and um, Dana's kind of getting around my sense of humor at the moment. I think Righty knows it, but um, so they uh, what the that we're talking. They weren't even talking about training, but I. <laughs> <laughs> but I throw out there, where the fuck is you it? You just gymmed in and started a bit. Yeah. I go, fucking show up, uh, fit and ready to go play. Seriously, if you can't go seven minutes, fuck off. I don't want you at my club. And then I go, um, if you guys can't do that, I'm out. And then and then after that, pretty funny, um, I think Vohi changed the Facebook group name to Christian Freed's Open Ones team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Thursday night when you weren't there, I brought it up at the end of train and we all threw shit at you. Yeah, well, that, I, the, yeah. The, there was probably a lot of less drop ball there when I wasn't there on Thursday night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good ball really flowed. Bergs, what's happening with you, my friend? Just let us know about the goings on in your uni- part of the universe. Yeah, well, um, mate, it, it's funny, like sitting down writing a book during COVID, I probably touched like two beers in like two months and then oh, really? I've, I've made up for that this weekend with about 200 yeah. in two nights so yeah. um what was yeah. that in eight of mate oh just catching up with mates i hadn't yeah. seen for all the time i've been sitting down in front of a computer being a nerd hence so. the waters tonight or oh no there's probably due that anyway yeah, but yeah I'm, I'm lucky friday night was bigger than last night last oh, night yeah. was all right so yeah and uh so the name of the book yep maroon's mentality Maroon mentality, Maroon yeah, mentality, yeah. and um, what's the background for? Like, what gave you the inspiration to write it? Yeah, I guess the the premise is like I'm when I read about history, I'm always interested in the backstory of someone. So yeah. I wanted to find out, and I think all of us here we're probably in the same boat in that your idea of of the, like the apex human being or alpha man is is someone who plays state of origin for Queensland, and I think no matter what sport you come from, you've got to admit they're gladiators in that sense, and it's always it um, really intrigued me to find out on an individual basis what made each of them be able to push to that level because it's it's so competitive and it's such a toll mentally and physically. And then I'd kind of known from, you know, being around footy before that some of them had some pretty drastic like background stories that I overcame. And yeah. I thought, what about if you could map out every single one of those 203 back to back? So like I've, I've, progressed and told the story of every single player to play origin for queensland what motivated them as a did kid. you get to interview every one of them oh, so in the process of doing i interviewed more than 100 of the 203 players Fuck, and, and you, then, did, you just reached out to them yeah yep yeah. and then so probably that then there's another 30 or more that i spoke to their parents or their best mates at school yeah and then there were others that you know, like say say a Wally Lewis or a Mel Meninga, there's, there's nothing probably that they're going to tell me that they haven't told someone else. So what I did there, like I'd research like 30 different books about them or whatever and just yeah. find like the minutest detail about when they were kids, stuff that happened that really impacted their development yeah. as, a, as a human. Um, yeah, I just things that I wanted to be interested in, but I knew as I was writing, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Like, because what, what happens is, the stories themselves are cool in singularly, but when you put them all side by side, you start to see patterns emerging and also just the different backgrounds. Like so, p- patterns in being an athlete at that level as well. Yeah, like- and things that happened to them along the way. So I would say, um, you know, I, I've seen statistics that they reckon like one in every 20 people lose their parents before the age of 18. And I reckon it's probably double that number for state of origin players. And I think really? also like... Um, like deep grief so stuff like not only losing a parent but someone close to you or 
having someone imprisoned or um, being abandoned or adopted, that sort of thing. Like the the rate of prevalence of that amongst the Origin players, I would also say is, is much higher than the normal population. Um, but the flip side to that is you also got a lot of guys who were like they were coached for more than half their junior career by their dad. So you start to see things like that. That one of a really common pattern that emerges: their dad was a good footy coach and their mum was a top athlete. So that mix ah. of a dad who knows footy but a mum who's got the genetics that's yeah. pretty common as well. In their book, do you look? sort of try and stick strictly to football side of things or do you look sort of more into the personal side from yeah. like from the upbringing and stuff like that so yeah that that's yeah really interesting because I, I thought they went hand in hand so I've done yeah. a bit of both and then some of them I also do a little bit of a history lesson so like so Josh Maguire I, I explore the German Samoan side of his background like yeah and how the Germans came to be in Samoa and what occurred during the wars there and a couple of them I've traced their family trees back and, and something that's really interesting is like Brad Myers, um, Brian Niebling, and Daniel Wagon, their yeah. their ancestors from Germany all came from like this little like villages that were like seven kilometers apart in Germany. Really? Yeah, like Jesus. it's Daniel Wagon, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the name I haven't heard for ages. But that's it's cool when like once you obviously put it together like that. Something obviously that's something that. I'm sure none of us knew, and probably no one else knew. Yeah. So yeah. when you get down to like those final points, it just makes you think, fuck. How how crazy it is that they've all become mm. like become that gladiator that Bergs, we all have got you, to. You heard of the book called The Talent Code? Yeah, I've heard of it, but so I haven't the, read the it. The yeah. Talent Code is it shows how younger siblings always are the better athletes because they want to be better than their older siblings, and that's what that's about. Yeah. Did you find that yeah, come so up at all? That's um yeah definitely. I'd say the the third kid is usually like that's probably really common, and yeah. third or fourth kid in a in a group of boys. Um, they'll often push themselves. And you see that, obviously, with, you know, the, like the Langers, the Walters. Yeah. Um, you know, Andrew G, his older brothers are both first-grade players. Um, and I actually reference a, a lot of similar, like, research articles to what you're talking about there. Yeah. And the other one that goes hand-in-hand hand with that is the birthplace effect, which I'm not sure if you're sort of familiar with, but they did a study a few years ago about the NRL. And they said by pure population, like 75% of the players should come from Brisbane and Sydney. But it's only like 60. And it's because towns of between like 5,000 and 100,000 are massively overrepresented. Because kids often, if you're coming through and you're a gun at 15, you're going to start playing against men. Yeah. So the, the rate of acceleration in those smaller cities, and because they've got such ready access to fields all the time, yeah. they're encouraged to play sport and they're going to play against better people at a younger age. Yeah. That just makes them develop so much quicker. And they've actually done the same study with, um, ice hockey and also with the NFL and they all correlate so they all say that cities between these sizes produce way more than the bigger cities <coughs> really so and as you, as you guys all know like I'm involved with, with Brazil for the World Cup and this is something yeah. we're, we're using too like we're purposely targeting places that you know like Rio or Sao Paulo in lockdown at the moment because of COVID so we're going where's the other big cities where they've got a reasonable field and they've yeah. got this X population that we can really nail this and uncover some freaks out there. Yeah. yeah. And and very, like, you look through the NRL and you see, like, you know, like, uh, the, you could go through a number of players where you're like, oh, it's Charleville, it's fucking Ingham, like, stuff like that. You pick out these Lockyer fits exactly what Bergs was saying. Yeah, he, right. he was playing first grade at 15. Yeah. yeah. And he was, like, Queensland under 12. Wasn't Lockyer's story was Bennett was sitting on the hill at Roma and was like... Him, that's who I want. When and yeah, when he was a yeah. bandy legged fourteen year old, they put him yeah. on a scholarship. He saw him play. Yeah. 
It's, Ed it's funny when you go back and you look at those stories. There's there's often like four or five different versions okay. of the story, yeah. and one will be like, oh yeah. Bennett saw him this time, and then the other one, it's like Cyril Connell saw him then, and then yeah. he recommended him to Bennett to later. Bennett, and, yeah, yeah. Um, mm, but, a re- really interesting one that you might not know is, you know, like Darren Lockyer is related to Casey Maguire, and then like in amongst all that group, so Brent Tate is related through marriage or um, no, no, no. So they're there's um, their mums and is it the McCormacks? I've just got thinking. Okay. I haven't a mental blank of the name, yeah. but it's McSomething. I think it's McCormack, and their their wider family is yeah. actually. Like Peter, is it Peter Hewitt that plays for the Waratahs? Yeah, Peter yes. Hewitt. So he's yeah. in there. Um, no, it's the McCoskers. Sorry, because Rick McCosker, the cricketer, mm-hmm. he's one of the members. Um, there's been like all these freak athletes and they're all related. And then like Brent Tate is related to Daily Cherry Evans. And there's about seven or eight of them that are all like weaved in together. Yeah. yeah. So with um, Tate and Cherry, is that through the Redcliffe um, background? Like that, like how through the cherries out west, yeah, through yeah. The, yeah, yeah, cherries, and there's a lot of cherries, um, uh, family living in who have been in Redcliffe for many years, yeah. So, so yeah, so with the progress of your book, Bergs, did who was like the most like something that threw you off, or the most intriguing interview if you got one of like a you could narrow one down for us, yeah, um, a couple that stand out, I think. The strongest one for me is is John Doyle's. Like him and his dad talked to me about like a, a sort of what happened with the I guess indigenous and the racial um, background that they yeah. encountered, and that was it's kind of prominent in the other stories as well. Like obviously, there's been a, a very high population of Origin players that are indigenous, but his was more sort of firsthand. And his dad talks about he he played a rep game when he was a kid, and he got kicked off his own bus. Like his his own team, and he was fighting with his own teammates in the game. So they they said, "That's it, you can't come back." And they went Bundy. Yeah. They, they took his bags off the bus and threw him out on the side of the road. <laughs> and so his dad had to find his way back as a kid there, and he ended up hopping in with a guy who was like a um, undertaker. And he said, "Yeah, I'll give you a lift back to Rockhampton, but you got to help me unload these coffins all the way." Oh, oh yeah. yeah, holy Jesus! Geez, what a story. Imagine but, uh, being a fourteen-year-old kid and that. Fuck, you'd be freaking out. Yeah, sure. Th- that sort of keeps going. Like between the two of them, they told me a lot of stuff, and yeah, yeah it's pretty um, just insightful. And I guess at this time, with the with the whole Black Lives Matter as well, the, yeah, what they say it it gives like a Queensland context to it, and you oh, see it's nice. it's very close to home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it'd be way more interesting than a fucking New South Wales book. Yeah. <laughs> what was the um? What was your motivation behind doing it? Like, did you just just get up one day and decide, oh, I want to want to sort of portray like the background of like the Great Queensland sides and stuff like that, or did you yeah, just sort of? Uh, there's probably a couple of different reasons. Like, if one of the big ones is that we're coming up. This is 40 years of origin this year, so yeah. a lot of those original guys they're they're like 70 now, so. We're really lucky in that in the last 40 years, we've only lost four players um, mm. have passed away. And when I was at QRL, I was just thinking about it and thinking, you know, the next 10 years, we could lose a lot of knowledge. And, and I know, like, from losing my grandparents in the last few years, what happens once that knowledge is gone, you just can't get it back. And also, like, when Terry Butler died, you go on Wikipedia and he's got, like, two or three sentences about what he did. And, and now guys our age or younger... They got no idea who these players are, and I yeah, think yeah. this guy played State of Origin, and he had a background story. And if you look back, there's so many of those guys mm. that that we really don't know enough about. Like John Rebo said a cool thing, which was like, you know, there's 30% of players or 40% of players, and they get like 65, 75, 
100% of the attention. So yeah. it's all Wally and Alfie and Mal and that sort of thing. So I wanted to make sure everyone's story was told. But also from that psycho-social development side of it, I was really interested in, in what, what does make an origin player like? Yeah. How do they get to be there? With those blokes that have passed, who was it? Uh, Arthur's passed, as in Beetson, yep. Peter Jackson, yep. uh, Terry Butler. Who was, the f- who was the fourth? I can't recall. Uh, Henricks. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, Rossi Hendricks, of yep. course. Yeah. See, we're, on a, we're in a masterclass right now, yeah. you know. You're at... <laughs> I um, I'll just sit. I ranked Dano before we started this podcast. You go, you understand we're going to be in a rugby league masterclass with Bergs and uh, Riley on again. <laughs> we'll just sit here and be like rugby league. Yeah. Just like <laughs> it's pretty easy when I've been just sitting in front of a computer doing yeah. one thing for and, three and Bergs. So so first book, um, yep. Pool Hall Jailhouse, um, Pool Hall Jail Library. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, this this one more enjoyable to write yeah, than the first yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah like less confronting and and like it's way better to write about someone else yeah. than yourself. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, sweet. And is it is it like paperback? Like we, you can purchase it now? Or so uh, I actually I've got the final proof sitting in my inbox here. Oh, I've been sweet. waiting from the publisher. So yeah, I'll go through that tomorrow. Any changes and then it goes straight to the printer. So who's publishing it? Penguin or uh, no, it's called Angel Key Publishing. Uh, so, okay, yeah. But um, no, it's yeah. It it takes longer than you you expect. Like, oh, it's yeah, always right. little things that hold it up yeah. along the way. How's the proofreading on it? Like, cause oh. when I write an essay, right, and you, I'm talking a three thousand word essay, I fuck up all the words, <laughs> and they're always like, uh, "Christian, can you please proofread before you submit?" I still pass, but they're like, "You because you, you lose marks for just making mistakes." Like. Is it unbelievable how many times you've got to go over it or do you pay someone to do that? Or? Yeah, a bit of both. And yeah. to be honest, like, I am a little bit OCD when it comes to spelling and stuff. So yeah. like before I close down the computer, I'll check it like four times myself, like, yeah. even before. And then I'll, if I'm thinking about later in the day, I'll recall it again and just look over it. Yeah. So And will it be audiobook? Because Righty can't read. So um. <laughs> Please. This guy works at a school. Has <laughs> admitted he can't spell. I've seen his writing on a board. It looks like a chook broke its leg and then wrote the fucking sentences on there. Okay. Like um, where is Ben says motivational speeches in when he's Oi, I did like Oi, I did thought I it was very smart how you said I was on a talking tour. I yeah, thought that yeah. was hilarious. Yeah, because yeah. my mate Shrine who I was with, yeah. he said, oh, they, he says you're on like a I, I go that he'd be saying that just bagging me up because saying that I'm uh, people want to actually listen to me. I go around to like RSLs and talk about my, my fucking story. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, where's your book going to become available? So if the people want to buy it, where do yeah, they? Yeah, I think there'll be plenty to do. Yeah. Um, within a, so it should be published. Guys, don't buy it. We'll just read each chapter. <laughs> 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 I'm only kidding. Uh, yeah, it'll print. It should take about a week to print. Um, the best place to buy is if they buy through my website, which is www.loxtonberg.com and then you just go to the, the shop section. So it's L-O-X-T-O-N dot B-E-R-G. Oh, sorry, L-O-X-T-O-N B-E-R-G without the dot, dot com. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we'll make sure we put that up on our um, Any Given Mondays page yeah. too. Yeah. So if you're looking for a copy of Berg's book, you know where to find it, jump on and get around him and um, we'll see if we can get a few copies off Berg's too. Maybe yeah, our, um, our 
guest of the year from last year. Loxton.com. Which we, which Berg. we haven't... Loxtonberg.com. Um, we haven't selected yet. We might get a free copy of that too from the boys. Yeah. That, yeah. But it, will be, it will be available in bookstores and that, but as I sort of mentioned the other day to people, like if you... You buy through my shop, like it helps me out as the author. Whereas if you go through Amazon, I'll see like a dollar out of that, which is yeah. it's pretty hard. Yeah. So get on Berg's website and get the book, you pricks. So is there, <laughs> so was there any stories that you were told that you thought, geez, I don't know if I can write this. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, you might have thought, is this a bit too confronting or, you know, a bit too deep? You didn't want to, you felt like you might have been... How can you put it? Like revealing a side of someone that pe- that they may in turn like at some stage regret telling you. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, bits and pieces there were of that, and then there was some where I found out stuff that they didn't tell me, and I was like, "How much of this is in the public's interest, and how much am I just writing it to be gratuitous?" So, um, you know, I, I let my wife be a little bit of a filter on some of that. I went yeah. to her and said do you think this is of interest to the book or is this actually me just writing about it for the sake of being sensationalist? So, um, and I think we made the right, right call on all of those. Um, I think it was good how honest some of the blokes are. Like Joe Kilroy, he's got a, a real powerful story that you probably all know a little bit about and he's told Robert Craddock about that from the Courier-Mail before, but um, he also expanded upon that and gave a little bit more detail about um, what his experiences were. So... I'm not not sure if you're familiar, but he um so his mum died when he was like two, and then his dad was working out in the in in the central Queensland basically or central Australia, uh, and he got sent to a, an orphanage, got raised there, had some really tough experiences, then got sent to Boys Town, had some really bad experiences there as well, and then so kind of it, it opens up about how that impacted his career because obviously he had a pretty uh, turbulent rugby league career as well after that oh yeah definitely and he got uh he got the harley to go to brothers to leave north and go to brothers and won a premiership there yeah he was like that larger than a larger than life character kilroy too you know especially in the local in the brl then or the qrl as it was called you know and then one of the broncos first signing then he had some trouble i uh, played origin at the broncos and then uh i think it was like 1990 he had some trouble with the law yeah, well, if you if you sort of put that across to today, like we have players in the game that have trouble with the law, but you can't imagine a state of origin player in the prime years of their career going to jail for two years. Like, nah, that's why we got people like Stephen Johnson. Yeah, yeah. getting it done. Well, Just getting it done. You look at it too, and he came back, and the Broncos took him back, and he was playing mainly reserve grade, but he did play first grade again yep. after that. So. It's a good story of perseverance about how people can turn their lives around. And people who don't love the game like we do, don't see it like we do. Like all your talk about people coming from different backgrounds and tough upbringings and football being there for people when they need something in their lives to be that rock, to be that stability. Mm. And so him getting out and getting that opportunity at the Broncos, that was kind of like, Restabilize his life before he finished up his, you know, he finished up a year or two after. But that's, um, it's people believing in you, have faith in something. And at times in life, you need that. You need to know that there are people there. Mm. And the beauty of rugby league is you walk into a team environment and generally you're accepted. And straight away, 
You've got, got 16 yeah. good mates. You know what I mean? Things like that. Like, it is. Even Freddie sends these stupid fucking shit motivational thing. <laughs> we only bagged him for a couple of minutes, and that was me kicking that off. After that, yeah. everyone went home. Not a bad bagging, just a, what yeah. the fuck was that cunt on? There's a lot that of that, Roddy, that. Like, especially with people who don't see the game in the same light that we do, mm. don't really understand. And like, yeah. A lot of the time, you can see, like, obviously not from the surface, but if you look into it a bit closer, you can see that this bloke's been through a bit and being here mm. is sort of keeping him on the straight and narrow or whatever else it is. Like Jamil yep, Hopawati, for example, came from a bit of a, bit right. of a sketchy, went to jail and came back and now he's yeah. playing the NRL yeah, again. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, who would have thought sort of got him back on the Would Jamil Hopawati have thought when he was in the cell, would he have thought, I'm going to be able to get out of here, turn my life around, have a family and but be also a play, play better footy, bro. Yeah. You know? But then also, someone who doesn't yeah. know the no, game like we know it will just yeah. t- turn the TV on, the Bronx will be on, and they see him, and they, yeah. they say, oh, he's playing he's, all right today, and they won't think anything when, of it. When I was a kid, like just in life and that. So in the people, 40s? Oh, yeah, 30s. No, yeah. But this is serious yeah. talk. Okay. So did you look yeah. like um, Jerry Scully back when then as well? The thing is, in life, if you... If a member of your family went to jail, yeah. people were very judgmental back then. Like, and if someone did, like nowadays, people understand are a bit more underst- are a lot more understanding in the world, and they accept you as a person. But like when you're a kid, like in primary school, if you have to say that a member of your family's in jail, you don't want to tell people that because you don't want their parents. Um, you know, so you think their parents might tell because uh, your was friends not to was it right? Your dad? Yeah, was, my dad was, was in jail, jail yeah. and he uh, and he died. Yeah, uh, when robbed a bank after he got out. Yeah, and that was thing, and I don't mind telling that story. But yeah. people have, and my stepmom wrote a book about the whole thing, and that, and over the years, people have found this book and then you know said, "Oh, really? oh right. Yeah, like uh, found this book and said, "Oh, I read yeah. it," and felt weird about asking me. But things like that. But when you went, what did you say when you were at school, like you were saying, well, primary school, it was more my nan because my grandparents. Yeah. I lived were, with my were you um, in, like was it embarrassment to say it, or oh, was no, it just more like just you're a bit worried about being, you know, like judged people look, for yeah, it. judged. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect word. Like things like that. Like and like my nan would say. Can you not, uh, I go, don't tell these kids what your father's name was just in case when it was in the media a lot because they may pass, uh, you know, you know, they might, look, she was worried about the, that they might look down on you as a person. Yeah. So like with these sort of guys, there are people making mistakes in the world. Like, and we'll use Adam Fanua Blake. Like Fanua Blake lost the plot and said uh, a utterly stupid comment that he shouldn't made. But you get into things like, where you grow up, like that sort of language, and I don't condone it saying that, like you're bagging people, like uh, challenge people and things like that. But some people use that sort of language, and we've all heard it on, on in games of rugby league and that people saying something like that when someone drops a ball, you know, and things like that. Today, you have to be more aware of everybody in the world. And Berg's like um, showing these people like stories in his book. They... It shows people that not everybody, not everybody comes from a, a great upbringing to achieve these things. A lot of people think these people have got a lot of money. They're playing that. They're well looked after, and they are. They are making more more money than the rest of us could ever imagine. Imagine some blokes, but it's a long journey for these people for them to grow as human beings mm. and to and the things like that like your story about like just saying you mentioning referencing that about john Doyle's dad mm. that's a horrific thing to happen and some people wouldn't believe those type of things and 
you have mates at footy and you don't know what they're going through till you become mates. It's mm. like you you know, and in footy and you play you play on a footy team, you start to form that you start to form that sort of bond with people. So like and with this and with the, the Maroons have always been like that. They've always portrayed that family mentality, that brotherhood, and they probably like and my New South Wales mates will hate this, but yeah. more but more so than that. Like more so than the blues. So, Riley, with with your upbringing, right? Mate, do you reckon that's what pushed you into love at rugby league so much? Because you had to find something. That I reckon was, it did. Yeah. Yeah. I needed some stability. I yeah. needed some in life, and not that I was always involved with like and heaps of bad people and that. But you do know a few bad. You can't. You cross paths with a lot of bad people, blokes doing dumb shit. And I wasn't playing footy till I was a teenager. So you know what I mean. You don't really have nothing, and all of a sudden you're looking for that sort of, you know, mateship with someone yeah. that bond. And sometimes that can lead you in the bad path. And there are plenty of league blo- yeah. players that blokes playing good footy and that then they just give it away and well, yeah, it's uh, addictive. Anthony almost. Watts. Anthony Watts. Yeah, he's An- another one. Anthony Watts was a first grade footballer. And then a few years later was Just lost it. Was, yeah, was, Same as with um, Luke O'Donnell was first grade. O'Donnell didn't have his dad. And like with um, yeah, like Tandy. Ryan yeah. Tandy, perfect example. Tandy it, played at the Storm and won a grand final. I, almost, I, I played against him in Pia. And like, when he went over to the Donkeys. You know, it almost becomes addictive, but like once you get into playing footy, like especially for like a bloke like myself, like once I started playing footy Big Dick. Yeah. And just Pretty much huge cock every day after the games, just in the showers. It's like, it's addictive. You're just, just slinging it around. You can't man. get enough of the footy dick. It's yeah. like, but no, in, all, in, all serious, in all seriousness, but like once you get into like the thing, as Roddy was saying, you find something, to, some way to express yourself. You join yeah. a footy club, you gain 16 mates, 17 mates pretty much instantly. Yeah. And then you come into the side and every week you go to training, you love the blokes you're with and you feel like you go out on the weekend. Yeah, I love some of them that I'm with. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah all of them except you and then <laughs> maybe a bit cleaner. But the thing, like, it's funny, like, going off that, it's like, people ask me, like, like, Freddie, you you really love rugby league. You know, I'm, 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 I'm honest, I'm, I really love playing rugby league, but be com- compared to you three, I don't like, I don't love rugby league. I love the Broncos. But I don't love rugby league. You know, I won't watch you guys. You guys are freaking. It's nearly photographic memory what you motherfuckers come up with. This cunt yeah, will yeah, bring yeah. up like a like a third division game in '93 and be like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I remember he scored the winning try." See, the difference is I have to write a book about it. He just recalls <laughs> that off the top of his <laughs> yeah. mind. You know, that's right. So like, I love the sport. I love playing it, but but. I just I love my Broncos and and I don't really watch the other games until I started this pod mm. and I've started watching the other games and I do love watching rugby league but it's not like I prefer to watch MMA like yeah. you know yeah everybody yeah. Freddie gets all on his high horse now he gives me a call on on a Sunday I'll go oh, I watch three games this weekend you I tell him I get on and the okay, pod oh, you watch three it. I hope you watch more because we got to get on this shit that's why I wrote that there was an awesome MMA card on today yeah it went nuts yeah except for Masvidal who got fucking just crushed against the cage again yeah but everyone knew that was going to happen to stop yeah well I didn't well I always bet on every dog so I'd I'd like I yeah I'm down about 170 Today, so. What was your take on Volkanovski? Um, I thought I thought, I thought Holloway did enough. Yeah, I thought too. it was three to two. I thought yeah, it was. Holloway. I thought it was a lot closer than people thought. Do a lot of people. Like, thought. I think for sure you got to give Holloway one and two, right? Yeah, definitely. And then three, pretty much Holloway. Just he mm. finished on the bottom. Yeah, but see, yeah. I was saying that to the people I was with as well. I was like, Holloway got one and two. 
Volkanovski got four and five, and three was pretty close. But if you want to try and come in and take the belt off someone, you can't leave it to pretty yeah, close. Like, and especially the when you're losing the last two. Everyone said if you watch round three with the sound down, because you don't think how much you get influenced by yeah. the commentators, but they're yeah. like, if you watch it with uh, sound with round three down, you're more likely to think Volkanovski won that. Because yeah. they would have been jumping off round one and two yeah. and continuing the momentum. And, but what about the, the thing I was like, Rose... Thug Rose, right? Yeah. Split decision. Are you fucking serious? She just pieced that bitch up the whole time. <laughs> like she got a she got a takedown. Rose gets back up. You yeah. know, like and that's what I thought. Would it, she, Rose remember the first fight? Rose was piecing her up and just got head slammed. Mm. So that was that 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 one was split. That judge that said it was the other way. I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like and also Rose is gorgeous and I love her, but um, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, but UFC. What and what other fights were there? there was um, we had the. Uh, well, that's the. Uh, <laughs> What's that doing? <laughs> the sounds jumping back out on it. Yeah, but um, just going back on what you're saying before about like for the people that have stuff going on in their lives and how footy holds them together. So, one of the players did say, "Oh, you know, I think you'll find that that footy is." The, the glue that held everything together. Yeah. But the other side for it was, say, blokes that were, their parents were in the army or maybe they got fostered or, they, you know, their parents split up and they moved a lot, that sort of thing. They said that rugby league was one of the easiest ways to prove themselves in a new school straight away. Yeah. They could just walk in there and be like, well, I'm going to give it everything in footy. And then suddenly everyone's their mates. And they said, yeah. you know, it, it takes you a week to make friends that way. But if you're constantly changing schools, yeah. otherwise it could take you like three or four months to get, you know, yeah. the trust of everyone and, and start to build that friendship. And, so. and that's true. You play footy and you go all right, you're mm. having a go. Blokes will like you. You yeah, know what I mean? He seems all Mitch, right. Mitch Brennan said to me, he used to lie, he'd go to different schools and he'd find out where they had a position like free in the team or where there wasn't much depth and he'd say, yeah, that's a position I play. So he said yeah. he'd go to one school and he was a fullback, then he was a halfback, then he was a hooker. But <laughs> yeah. also like through the school system as well, it's you do it to obviously make mates and get yourself involved in a team sport. But also, especially more so these days coming through the school system especially in rugby union you find coming through a school system is really important to taking the next step I remember when I was in don't the union boys fuck each other's in the show. I think they do but <laughs> we can leave that out for, like, you, for now you're but looking to sign up after that <laughs> well, no, after, after we get the finger uh, on being yeah. we're just racing bit, <laughs> um, but there's um, there was a bloke I was playing for um, Sunny Coast in the state carnival uh, the schoolboys carnival, and he was he'd returned to high school twice, so he would have been um, like eighteen, nineteen, playing in the state carnival. Just because for rugby union, getting into into a yeah, like a super rugby system, yeah. uh, pretty much scout pretty much solely off like school systems. Yeah, so if you make Australian schoolboys exactly, you put you, you made a mind in the old days. Paul Sheedy, he was a good league player, but he was went this to in Mar the sixties. No, mate, this was in oh. the, this was in the nineties, and he Melbourne Storm signed him from that, and he was a leaguey that only played a, a year or two a union at Marist. Yeah. But as soon as he made Australian schoolboys, people became interested. So, yeah, but a lot of blokes think that if if you're not making these schoolboy systems, like that's why they put in a lot at school. Yeah. Try and get to a school with a good system and get in a good spot. Obviously, to make friends, to fit in, to 
to sort sort yourself out, like emotionally, physically, and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But also, that's why Mitchie you, high poached me, you know, because uh, yeah. <laughs> they because they were struggling, weren't they? Fucking did. <laughs> we didn't have a, like a league team. Yeah, it's because we had, had to put one together. Yeah, I bet you could find seventeen blokes smoking cones at the fucking skate park. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll sell that. them those fucking cones. <laughs> <laughs> so you now have you worked out? Have you heard from your leader? what you can reveal to us about West training. Oh, okay. So if you want to, if you really want to know about West training, so what it was, it was, we trained at um, Mount Maria because way better field because we had to train on one and uh, two and three. So I organized for him to train at Mount Maria. I think that's the only reason I was at the training because I'm, I'm like contact to Mount Maria. But anyway, we split up into two groups. We did a pose. We had um, one side and two side. You could definitely tell that one side was the, um, they're like that, what they would do their starting 13. And then I was in the side that would be the, the Reggie, the reserves if needed. And um, mate, for, for the amount of time we've taken off, and the, the speed that Trigger wants us to play at and the distance that those hookers have to, like Jack Jack Walters, mate, his, his service is like, well, he's not going to like this, but I don't know. He's, I think he's got Vori covered, eh? Like his service from hooker is legit. Like well, I was, He has he, played cup yeah. and he's played heaps of um, yeah, BRL. But, but, but it's, it, Lavoie, he's like, yeah, on par with him. But uh, I was embarrassed to get into hooker after Jack Walters, but that's why the Trigger asked me to play full fullback, which I was like, thank God. And um, but anyway, yeah, we just did we did um, we did uh, sets as different groups. Then we came together and we did opposed. And then in the opposed session, we did like semi contact. But it's hard to do semi contact when like just say I get a ball that I'm going through a gap. Mm. They don't want to let me go through that gap, you know. So I'm getting hit. That kind of thing. So it was good, and it was. I, I think for the the time of year, the amount of time they've had off, I reckon all systems firing for West. Say, eh? I I think they're doing a very good job to getting back on the wheel, and also they've got that halfback Jezza. Yeah, he's, um, he's from Redcliffe. Yeah, he played, I, I Jared McCallum. He yeah. played Australian schoolboys. Yeah, Australian schoolboys. He was on part. He was on. I'm not sure, but he played. A, he, then was, he, he went it, to Hills. Then he, he fucked his ankle. Did he? He or? went to Hills Sport High. Played Canterbury Twenties, and yeah. he came up here. He fucked himself. He was because that he, he is a freak. Like he he's the type of guy that um, so just say out on the field and. He, there was a play where I was at the back at fullback, but it was the front man that he had to hit. Mm. And that front man wasn't there that second early. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? You score a 40 meter try if you're there. Yeah. You know, he, his vision's unbelievable. Mm. Also, he trains in a watch, which is weird, but like never trained in a watch for sure. Jez, if you listen to this, don't train in a watch. <laughs> and, um, but, but his, his, just his ability, his, his vision. <laughs> and your vision is him wearing a watch. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But his vision is, is, <laughs> did un- you train stoned or something to notice? <laughs> no, no, nah, mate, mate I train good, bro. Like, uh, he okay. was blowing. He's just trying to find a like Triggs was like, do you want 500 or 700 matches? Yeah, 700 like, oh, what to leave. Leave. He's <laughs> trying to pay you, so fuck off out of their training. No, nah, but anyway, Jazz, mate, like that. He, he, that he's next he's, level. Uh, yeah. He's he's a very cup good. quality. He's been in NRL. Well, he's, he, he would have gone on to NRL, wouldn't he? Have he? No, he was there and then yeah. he came back. He broke his leg at East and he yeah. was playing well in cup. Yeah. And then he went to Redcliffe last year. I don't know what happened. And he's just got he's that got confidence, some, mate. You know what he's got? He's got he should, big legs. Level. He's about this tall. Yeah, his yeah. legs, his quads. Former Australian schoolboy. Yeah. He was a star, mate. But like, they've, they've, got, they've also got another half down there called Brownie. 
Um, and uh, he he was playing in my side, and he he threw a pass like we went down a short side, and I was I was the um, the tail tail oh, runner. Yeah. He threw the pass spot the on. I, it was wow. my. It was like on a block. I, I, yeah, I know. It. Yeah. I understand. It's yeah, like, but, but it's like, like when wingers try and explain yeah. to me what <laughs> OBs are. Yeah. Oh, that's they're outside backs. But like, anyway, thanks, so, man. Yeah. I've never watched too many. So games, anyway, so Joe Scully. That. But um, <laughs> so he threw where the ball should have been, and my timing was a tiny bit off. Yep. But I was straight through. Like his his vision was all. Yeah. So I like it's 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 good getting back to that speed of play. And then, obviously, I hope I play a lot of games with these boys and maybe get one or two BRL games in just to finish it off. But I want to, I want to win a comp with these guys. So yeah, you just yeah. get a taste for it again to go. Yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I get a taste. I get a taste of that speed. I get a taste of that, um, that uh, just that challenge, you know. Yeah, and and nice. like I, especially like VK, I know he's a good fullback. I want to be better than him. As soon as I'm there, I want to be better than him. Yeah. But he's a great guy. He's an awesome fullback, and and he drives me to try to to try to do what, that. So, what's your plans going forward? Are you going to train with us? Two, I'm going to train five nights a week. week. Yeah. yeah, nice. Because yeah. I know you hate to train. But also, because I also, if I'm training five nights a week, then I'm I'm fit and I'm yeah. I'm nuts for you guys. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. Wherever you play, if if you yeah. if you need to be prepared to rip to play BRL, you yeah. back playing ones. You know, it should be. You yeah. know, you should be one of the best players on the field. Like. Well, yeah, I usually am, but um, I'm, I'm usually <laughs> not in our team. I'm usually the worst in the showers, but best on the field. You know, small, <laughs> smallest in the showers, biggest on the field. Jesus, they, they did a poll while you were away. Worst recruit of, of Mitchy seniors ever, and. You and Ataru were fired. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just joking, yeah. Ataru. Bergs, what, two uh, internationals. All right. Joe Scully, can <laughs> I ask our guest a question, please? Uh, oh, yeah, um, Jackson Uzebeg is ahead of you as a better international. Go for it. Oh, I quit. That, you I quit. <laughs> Bergs, what did we do with the Bronx, mate? Mate, I, I think that they, they have to be patient to a degree. Like, See, I think there's too much... Like people throwing the baby out with the dishwater. Mate, I'm, I'm yeah. the, I said last week, I don't know if you listen to us every week, but yeah. I say I'm, I'm not going to jump on them because, you know, like they're NRL players, they're playing at the highest level of football you can. Mm. You can't be a couch quarterback. You've got to just, you know, you've got to ride ride the times, yeah. you know. And obviously like Bulldogs ride in a lot of time as well. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. But, uh, They're yeah. in a bad place. Do you yeah. think, do you think um, look, from outside looking in, is it a coach? coaching thing i just think it's it's change people are resistant Mm. to change in any environment and like if if you go back to again looking at the nerd side of rugby league the great one of the greatest predictors of success is number of games that players play together and Mm. they've done many many studies about it and like that the australian rugby that ben darwin that does game line analytics he's proven like over all these games that the number of times that you get a backline playing together is, you know, has a, a certain correlation to how many games you're going to win. They can't, you know, every time they lose a game, the Broncos, people come out and say, you need to swatch, switch these five players in and these three players out. If you do that, you're never going to get anywhere. They they need to ride it out a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the same thing they did with, like, Did you origin. hear him breathing into the mic just hand? Oh, yeah, I thought it was... Yeah, yeah, no, he's arousing. like, it's your nose, bro. You're oh. going like... <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> was getting me close. I was trying to touch. That, that's why I got to get you. My, I'll get you. My, I'll get your headphones. Yeah. Um, that was the same sort of thing, Berg. That happened in Origin a lot. Like when Queensland were going through their dominant period, they were sticking true. Like even if they they lost a game and they, they go down one nil, they don't change their side. They just roll roll forward. And New South Wales were had the wheels fall off the wagon a lot of the time and decide, oh, fuck, we need new halves or oh, this isn't working, we put a hooker in there or we need new centres. Jared Mullins is a perfect example of that. Yeah. He played one game when he was 19, never to be seen again. Yeah. And Mullen, up until a few years ago, had had a long, um, successful NRL career before yeah. he got yeah, in trouble. I've said this a lot of times and I bet you people are sick of hearing it, but... I think the difference, if you if like to easily explain the difference of Queensland and New South Wales, is Nathan Highmarsh would have never been out of the Queensland team. Yeah, he yeah. would have been in there every single time. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of like their their selectors. That's the difference between theirs mm. and ours. Like, well, I think I think the Queensland selectors, especially through that period too, selected on not just loyalty but effort. Like they looked for like bloke like Dallas Johnson who wasn't wasn't week in week exactly. out exactly the mm. greatest standout but y you could see every week he's gone out there and he comes off the field to a point where he can barely move because yeah. he's put everything in made 66 tackles in an origin once yeah just exactly. and he's there every time yeah. because you know he's going to show up you know he's going to do his job and you just trust him to do his job for his boys what helps those what helps changing. those blokes too is they look at you when you're coming from successful systems like tim gladsby Gladsby came in. They yeah. knew what he brought. They knew he was good around the ruck with with defensively. They knew he like his carries were decent. Johnson never let him down. Same sort of thing. If, if you watch the evolution of Dallas Johnson as a player, like when they won their, their um, the premiership in two thousand and seven, that he never used the ball. But you look at it later on, like two thousand nine, couple of years later, he was using the ball on tip-ons and things like that or hitting someone out the back off a shape just to they added those sort of little things to them so if you're well coached like you got to think like queensland were in disarray at one stage and they were staring down before mel meninga they were thinking they were thinking of they were going to ask bellamy to coach Mm. And Bellamy was a New South is a New South Welshman, obviously, and went on to coach New South Wales. But that didn't happen. Meninga came in. If Lockyer doesn't pick up that ball in two thousand and six, we've lost four series even, in a row. Even that, even that dynasty, you can put. I put seventy percent on it on Lockyer. You know, well, he, like it's Lockyer and his spine. Like, like obviously, I'm spine. sucking him off hard, yeah. but like I love him so yeah, much. I but do love him. Lockyer's as a as like that kind of leader on the field, and he didn't even have to talk much. You they notice kept, he never talked they much, kept but he guided so too. much. What's that? They kept winning after he left because you had Cronk come in for him. Yeah, you had I know. Smith. You had the right structures. All the stuff was there structurally. Yeah. After after he left, but as you're saying, Roddy, they pick a lot of players too out of systems that you can see development and you can see like a bloke like Dallas Johnson again is a perfect example. As you said, he didn't really have the ball plan to start with, but then he bought it in. So when you get yeah. a bloke from a side like Melbourne, you see right now like he's just a bit of a raw talent. He's going to run hard. He's going to tackle hard. And he's going to put in a hundred percent. But then you stick with him and you know that when he goes back to Melbourne, he's not having a picnic. Well, you look at he's gonna, he's look gonna, at He'll Dale come back next year with a little bit of a tip on look and at the year Dale after. Fanukin. Fanukin, yeah. I've wondered for years how he wasn't close to getting in. And then when Fittler comes in, he puts him in the side. And I think he was 18th man the year the year before. Mm -hmm. And they've always, during that dominance, there was always... What a last name, man. Like, Fadukin. And he's <laughs> like another... Like Street Fighter. He's another bloke. 
who would have <laughs> he's another bloke who if he was a Queenslander would have been playing for for many many years oh, previous because sure. he fits their style of play Bergs, who's your favourite player of all time yeah. or Alan Cairn and he only played yep. one game yeah. <laughs> um, so you, do you have minimal knowledge of no him? no you know? I don't know okay. sorry mate yeah yeah. so he, he scored the big tries for the Broncos in their first grand final um, okay. big and step he, scored yeah. two didn't he get he got two in 92 didn't he Bert? yeah and I think in, in the junior games coming through too so like reserve grade he's, yeah. he played a big game there and I think in the junior kangaroos and that sort of stuff he always played these massive games he's just a, and he was a real quiet guy like um, uh, and yeah the, the story in, in the book like he used to do all of his homework at well, lunch well it be in my book back there that Broncos one that like uh, maybe yeah, yeah that, he used to do all his um, homework at lunchtime. So he never used to go and play with the other kids. So he could go to the PCYC gym for an hour and a half after yeah. school on the way yeah. home. And, um, yeah, they reckon he was just super dedicated. And yeah. I, I kind of liked him. So he's your favourite player of all time. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. like Gene Miles as well. He was a big fan. Yeah. Oh, I know big that is. For that. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But then in later years, I kind of – I got to know Matty Bowen when he was really young. Like I, yeah. was, I was covering the um, Comp Fraternity Shield when yeah. he was – he just blitzed everyone that year. Yeah. And then so I was kind of a young journo when he was yeah. starting to kill it. I'm a conference coach. So yeah. um, well, a well co-coach, shout out to Dan Sullivan, head coach. <laughs> he does listen to this right now. And I'm get, we're going to get him on. So shout out to Sully. We'll talk to you soon, brother. But sorry, Bergs, keep no, going. Yeah. So just, yeah, as I would have come through as a journo, I would have been like, say, 20 or something when I saw him then. And he's a couple of years yeah. younger than me. And then he played Foley Shield game where he was 18 and he scored 40 points. What's Foley Shield? Uh, it's like rep size from Mackay, Cairns. Okay. Um, all that. It's tough as fuck. There's been some great players that have yeah. played it and blokes that you never hear of. Yeah. Like, but he asked people who saw him play. Like, real, and everyone had, had the, um, the, passion and the intensity to represent that jersey. It wasn't just, you now some rep sides blokes just put a jersey on. Like, like, uh, the Ipswich Diggers for a while, they didn't. They yeah. were getting tailed up by different uh, Brisbane sides, like Brisbane Second Division sides, and that. And then they lifted the intensity and Bushka, things like that. It's, and Bushka, it's full on. Is it Bushka or Bushka? Because oh, I say Bushka. <laughs> well, you don't really know a lot, do you, fucking? Yeah, but you look like Joe Scully can't. So oh, shut please. the fuck up. What the fuck? You're probably going to get fucking locked up by the RSPCA for hitting a fucking wombat, you dickhead. <laughs> no, we didn't hit a wombat. Fuck, we or by the coppers for driving yeah. drunk, which is probably yeah. less... Um, More, dr- yeah, you'll get a bigger drink, fine for drink, killing The drink driving thing was a story, but I fucking don't agree with it because you can fucking hurt right. other people. So, you, you're, but um, you're digging your yeah, hole, bro. Yeah, but uh, Righty <laughs> told me to do it, and uh, <laughs> I didn't tell you to do it. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, Foley Shield. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Talking about Foley Shield. So it was a a country competition rep comp, and it was super intense. Who are some of the blokes? That you explained it really shit. So Bergs, what was the Foley Shield? <laughs> Now, basically, if you think of like the old, when Brisbane Rugby League was in its heyday, yeah. outside of that, the Foley Shield would have been the strongest comp in the okay. state. So like, yeah. we're all down here playing Wynnum versus Redcliffe against East and that, yeah. and they'd be playing Towns versus Mount Isa versus Mackay, et cetera, up there. Yeah. So that's that's where it, it 
they bred yeah. a lot of the players from. See, I understand your answer, not his. But um, his is more detailed. No, yeah. he sucked. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you got to really break it down. If we do a video review of the podcast ever, I'm going to break down <laughs> shit for you. Not Wait, last week, did you listen to our last week podcast? Oh, no, the week I didn't before, mate, sorry. because we had Dana or Keenan on, yep. and we I said Keenan, Dana reckons he can fuck better than you, bro. <laughs> and he's like, no way. And I go, you know, the only way to find out. Fuck each other, and me and, and me and Righty will will judge from the corner. Uh, I'm I'm not available that night. Sorry to be the wow. I'm actually crooked that yeah. night too. Yeah, have to call in sick. Yeah. Oh man, but what you um, guys reckon about the um the weekend's footy? Well, yeah. So what I I thought um I thought Broncos would that I thought that Scott that score one was going to be about right. You know, I thought um it's weird. What do you think about the way that they approach the week? Yeah, that's interesting. That where the where There's, the coach steps back and he does what the players tell him is that fraught with danger. There's a lot of, especially I was Rob, listening on the radio. Yeah, what would you think, Rob, with that? Is that I think it takes the pressure off of him in yeah. that position because there's the high likelihood they were going to beat the Bulldogs. Yeah, um, it looked that that way, but by him stepping aside and but saying, but that's the thing that he's paid for that pressure. Yeah, you know, like but, you choose oh. to do this. It's a prestige role being an NRL coach. So he accept that coming off that Coach of the Year, um, the Daily M Coach of the Year award when he uh, then when they signed him, and he interviewed very well because he's got uh, about two or three degrees or whatever. Yeah, he's but got. he's also a but teacher like, who interviews well. Thing. But you then, know? as a as a wise redheaded man from Gundawindi said to me once, <laughs> off it out. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I don't want to drop Mark's name. In Mark off it out. Yeah. He said, have you noticed that some of these blokes are now had to bullshit their way into these coaching positions? Yes. Teachers. His source was probably high on cocaine you know, when he like, told you that. And if you can present yourself very well, but you don't have people skills, you're, you're pushing shit uphill. And I know a lot, yeah. of, a lot of coaches have teaching background, but you look at Bennett, he doesn't. You look at Bellamy, yeah. he doesn't. You have to know how to deal with players as well. You don't. No, like, Level two coach, you know. Yeah, no that's there. Not arguably the greatest coach in in the Brisbane Rugby League ever. You know, so yeah, you just gotta you gotta know how to deal with people, but you also gotta know how to accept know how to change things when it's not working. Seabold's very seems very stuck in his ways. So like like Berg said, with the Bulldogs but, but it was I think, almost I, a I was kinda of making the point that I actually think it was a smart move because oh, yeah. I don't think he was passing the buck in the sense that he was removing himself, but it was clever because if they went away for a week and they the players set the tone and then they fucked up against the Bulldogs, he can turn around and say, well, look, you know, I'm, I'm running the show here, you know. You guys have had a week to try out your yep. thing. But if he'd kept control and done everything his way leading into the Bulldogs and they lost, yeah, he, that could have been the end of the show. Like For him now, and, yeah. for him now, but like now that he's given it back to them and they've got to win, yep. I know it's over the Bulldogs, but does they then say, well, with you, we fucking couldn't get a win in six weeks. We versus the Titans and the Warriors. I, I think he would have won some branding points with them for giving them a bit of a leverage and i yeah. think that would have but brought they, the group a little bit closer together is it sort of the old the old saying like give an inch take them all the players now going to almost demand that things go their way now yeah like, yeah different mate, personalities you've got to judge what, the room what right? if they come to him now and demand different blokes get dropped from the side your leadership group and shit like that you you now mm. you know there's a lot of you walk a slippery slope with this they had a win. The next two weeks are really going to test them. Like yeah, they've got yes. the Tigers at Leichhardt, then the Storm up here. Yeah. yeah. 
And with his sort of program style of football, that works against... Oh, they were basically... Like some of those edges the Bulldogs had, they're only New South Wales Cup players. Mm. Yeah, but don't, I mean? don't forget, they're just about to get back their hooker, their best second rower, who's people were talking about paying $1.3 million, and their centre <laughs> yeah. who was killing them, other teams at the start of the year. Mm. So they're going to get three of their best players back in one go. Yeah. But also... With their attack too... Is it line up when we're in trouble? We line up for a shift to to Fafita on that edge and hope he can do something. Will that be enough? Will that be enough to beat? Well, the thing is, you can't beat the Roosters with the Bronx, beat Melbourne with the Bronx. You cannot play block because Asaku can't so, pass. He's on the wing. Yeah, but he's on the wing I mean, now. Oh yeah, he's yeah. on the wing. This Jesse knew. So, yeah, so they're not a they're not a ball playing fullback. No. So they're a running fullback. Yeah. So you got to play like you can't play a Darry, uh, Darius Boyd style fullback who's going to look mm. to pass. They're always just looking to run on that thing because mm. they don't have those hands. So you got to play that up front like play, and I think Milford suits that, yeah. but they're not getting on board with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you see Milford so much take it, and then they're not fucking there, and he's free. Yeah. He's, Did, yeah. Does the Bronx need to work on just getting on the push, like getting around each other on the push? Like, as Berg said, three big names coming back. Obviously, your, your first choice hooker, your best back rower, and, and your best centre option. If they all come back as one, that's great, but if we're not on the push up each other's ass. Milford can still take it to the line and do nothing with it, or we can still yeah. just try and run the block shape that hasn't been working for seven weeks. And <laughs> like, we need yeah. to we need to focus more. Like you see in other sides, if if Kiri makes a half break, he throws it over his shoulder without looking. Tedesco's there. Yeah. If one of the Broncos sticks his head through, throws it there, it'll fall to the ground. They'll be fucking within cooey of the yeah. next. Bronx. who's your team? Uh, we were just talking about this before. I actually used to follow the Bronx to about two years ago. Yeah. And then I took a bit of a political stance because, you know, News Corp owns yeah, 70% yeah. of them and I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah, not the biggest fans of the way so that they So you just jump around or? No, I think if there's anyone, it would probably be Melbourne because yeah. being with the sunny coast and that link. Uh, but exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm more passionate about the competition as a whole. I follow players and yes. I follow trends in the game. And then club-wise, I'm probably more passionate about, like, say, Intrust Super or the Super League yeah. in terms of following okay. the club, yeah. So one game that really devoted me this week was that Knights Eels. That yeah. t- like I thought that was going to deliver hard, <laughs> and it, it was just the what fucking was it, four all at halftime. Yeah, yeah, four all, then ended four, up ten four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, disallowed yeah. try right towards the end. Was yeah. a bit unlucky. Parramatta but- were Parramatta were trying to shovel shit uphill without yeah. Moses. Like the, a lot of options. Then Dylan Brown went down, had to go off HIA. And then it looks like your Sea Eagles forfeited, did they? Yeah, they should. <laughs> I bet you they wish they forfeited. Is what they yeah, did. How bad was it, Righty? I didn't watch it. It was yeah. started well I mean, first twenty. I thought yeah. they were uh, half time. I was like. Going to come the, home, yeah. What we're saying there about ball player fullbacks, yeah, without Turbo, Manly don't have an option there either. Oh, okay. And DCE, mate, he was started well, he set up the first try, he made a couple of errors late in the first half, and yeah. it rattled him a bit. He was rattled then the whole second half, they had chances early, they were hanging into it, but it's just giving away dumb penalties. The Dragons were good, they're they got a, their, their yeah. forwards got over them in the middle. That was definitely and, the best game the Dragons had put together. And their halves uh, kicked well off the back of that forward dominance. Wet game, uh, Manly weren't up for that. It's just you can't keep. Um, Tafua got sin binned. What, what do you think of Hunt at Hooker and McInnes at 
block. How do you think well, that it would... seemed to work tonight? Yeah. Like I th- the I think last couple of weeks, the last couple of weeks have been doing it like with Hunt come off the bench with hooker and stuff like that. Mm, and it's yeah. been working. What, but what, tonight what? was what as in was, the, as at the Dragons. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Hunt's a hooker for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not a halfback. He's well, a tonight tonight hooker. was the best performance the, the Dragons yeah, have given yeah. us in a long time. Like even that was their strongest seventeen. I don't think have played. You can't really um you can't really question it after that, I don't mm. think. I think it's probably their way to go forward. I know McInnes is your, your player of the year and your captain, but if he's versatile enough and willing enough to get back into lock and he played really well tonight, ran yeah. ran a lot of meters, made a lot of tackles, so I don't see yeah, why he's they would tough and it's stiffened them it's stiffened them up in the middle defensively. He's a bit he's a lot smaller and I listened to Paul Gallen on a on a panel the other day say so he's probably too small to play eighty minutes in the middle, but the game's changing. It's it's not the same as it was. I don't think you need that much size, especially if you want to play 80. I was saying at the start of the year with a six again rule, I reckon you're going to see that smaller hooker come back. Like the Dallas Johnsons got phased out mm-hmm. in favour of your Tavita mm-hmm. Pangais. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you're going to see those guys come back in. I think yeah. that, that yeah. little wiry hook. I think so, yeah. Just for a short stint and then off or for the whole time? No, I think for the, for the game to try and yeah. lock, lock down that middle of the yeah. ruck, you know, and really tighten it up. Oh, so I think you're going to have to, too, because with the interchange, too, you want to give you, like, they want the hookers, they, you want a hooker to come on for the last 10 of the first half and start the second half to give that impact in the middle. So if you've got a lock, a smaller lock is a lot fitter, like a Cam McInnes, you can have him run 80, mm. and then you can use that extra interchange on your on your hooker, or you can use it in the in the in the front can row or whatever like it is so if we got anything um, on that, I, okay, I think it's probably a smart option to try and work your work your pack around a, a, an 80 minute lock and if you if you can an 80 minute hooker like the bunnies are still sticking 80 minutes for Damien Cook and yeah, nope. Ben Hunt played 80 minutes this afternoon oh, but um, Damien Cook didn't he get replaced by Cyril at one point the other night? Oh, nothing no, huh. Damien Cook's played the game. Ciro Delete came, all our followers, yeah, please. Ciro was playing dummy <laughs> half when they were on the attack. Okay, but... Stages, yeah. yeah. Ciro came on for um, injured um, um, Campbell Graham. Then Kim Murray went to so, went to the centre, and then Ciro yeah. was... In, he uh, was well. playing for a couple of sets when I came so in. So right, man, you, you chucked our questions up on just our page, not yours. Nope. Even though your page got, gets a lot more questions than our page oh, well, did, for some should. reason you stopped that. I don't know why. Yeah, that's just me. Yeah, okay. Uh, Bergs, can you be a permanent and just be us three from <laughs> now on? Oh, but, um, I'm keen for Anyway, that. so we got da- David Ellis. He, um, did I say that name Yeah, right? good, yeah, okay. DJ. Um, yeah, DJ. He goes, after the woeful bunker call last night in the Storm Raiders game, what other some... What other some of the other woeful calls you can remember apart from manly week before as well oh, so talking about but also this. david oh, ellis yeah. sort out yeah. your fucking literature yeah. is, we've we've got a journalist on mate fuck put your head in yeah um no nah, there's, there's a teacher. but that manly call was ridiculous no, there, there's yeah. a lot of woeful calls going around and i was saying to a couple of blokes through this afternoon like even this weekend and I, I heard Michael Ennis on Fox say, I'm over the bunker this weekend. Does, they've just had a shocker. And it shouldn't really be happening. Like, we got to get this right. This isn't just a game. It's professional I, sport. Teams are playing for a lot more than just a win. Like, the one win here could mean a minor premiership, which means 150 grand for your club or whatever yeah. it is. And it also means... Your fans, your punters—it's um, it means a lot more than just to just to at the end of the game you shake hands and you won, I lost. So we shouldn't be getting simple calls wrong 
like that that um, the call he's talking about in the Melbourne game. That stuff shouldn't be getting. Well, um, why why weird. are they letting so many forward passes go around the ruck? Uh, they because are, because they we, are when you have touch touches, because we've got one ref. They're letting letting sorry, they're letting a lot. I took a Xanax before this. Um, they're letting <laughs> a lot of short passes go. You know, yep, a lot. I took a Xanax because I was so nervous because I had Bergen on again. I wanted to really <laughs> get zoned in. <laughs> um, You've achieved. So you yeah, have an effect on people, Berg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's just he slipped but, himself a mickey. Wait, uh, Berg's um, Josh Joshy Allen said I heard even Chuck Norris trembles before you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we're we're one and the same. Aren't yeah, we? yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, then we got, uh, Luke Della says champion man, Robin Bergen. That's not a fucking question. Luke Della, please delete us off, um, your <laughs> Facebook. Um, right. You're good for the yeah. fans. Maybe yeah. don't speak to anybody else. Oliver no. John says, when's Nate Gladden get another run for Latin heat? Yeah. <laughs> oh, whenever he wants to go. I reckon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be keen. I don't think, <laughs> I don't know if he is after he got palmed off by that big dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then Joshy Allen says the man, the legend, Robin Bergen. Um, so yeah. with um, Bergs, yeah. Well, just what? Uh, what's the future hold for like, just like other Latino exactly like, tournaments and things like yeah. that? Nice. No, thinking on the same page, like. Uh, touch, me, touch me, but don't touch me. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> that was kind of shocking. What um, any nine uh, Latino nines? I know they normally play that. Uh, are there any? Are there any tournaments planned for obviously next year, not this one with what's going on? Yeah, so I think Chile's looking at playing the Philippines in a game sort of around Octoberish and then this we'll, year. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Well, whereabouts would this uh, I reckon take USA could have a crack at them. <laughs> uh, depends who picks Probably get pumped. Oh, <laughs> depends who picks the side. Like sorry. I ruined the answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, so I think, yeah, there'll probably be some kids' games alongside that. And then, yeah, Latino Nines this year, we're looking at uh, rejigging it so that it'll be uh, it'll be like a tag comp. Um, just oh, to, yeah, so not be, contact footy. Yeah, so we can... Like Ozag. Yep. Yeah, yeah, just for this year because we're afraid there's probably a lot of people who haven't trained as they should have. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, right. And also, we've got a lot of kids in that, like, 14 to sort of 18 age group yeah. that we want to start introducing them and getting them playing alongside the older guys, and TAG allows us to do that. Yeah. Also, with the the women's becoming a much bigger thing as well. So 100%. We, we can play mixed comps and all that. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh, well, fair enough. Um, and with that uh, Chilean game, is that where's that? Uh, where are they looking to play that? Oh, I think it was set down for Liverpool, but now they've had to re find a new venue. So I think... I'll have to put a TBA on the venue for that. Okay. Would yeah. that be grand final weekend? They've played, they've played a few games grand final weekend in there. Ooh. Well, they've changed but grand final weekend. Yeah, it's they, the so. last weekend of um, October now. Yeah. It might be the week before that, I'd okay. say. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Old. It's good to see some footy is mm. potentially getting played. And what's your thoughts on the BRL comp kicking on and like the lower grades? I just don't like like the no shower thing. It's fucking me off. Well, that's why I asked Berg's not you. Okay, but sorry. Okay, uh, uh, now, okay, we've, we knew <laughs> what you were going to say. Now we've touched the on the go- the shower problems. What's your thoughts, Berg? You, a ten week comp, you, but like two weeks of final. We, even if we put like tape over our okay, un- well, our circumcised. Well, well, okay, you know? we'll have a poll for that later on. We'll who think knows? About that. Who knows? What, okay, oh, Berg. No. Now I'll go back to you once <laughs> yeah. more. Um, what what you think? Are you in favour of us? And getting in 10-week comps with two weeks of finals. 
Yeah, I, I think that this season kind of provides the league with um, an excuse to try out a few different things and experiment with what could work for rugby league in the future, bringing back players. So you would have seen, I put up a post the other day, I reckon like this year would be prime for a Challenge Cup like knockout tournament. Yeah. Because say like there's a lot of... But not nine, so... No, Did no, you no. say nine? No, not nine. No, nah, not nine. No, no, yeah, no. just challenge. Thirteen yeah, aside, but yeah, nice. Say like, because a lot of those. Tor- I fucking hate nines, <laughs> eh? I fucking hate it. I've seen you well, play. How, it how bad would it be? Yeah, if you had to kill it. You had to travel up to Rocky or something for one yeah. game of nines. And yeah, got knocked uh, out. Oh, oh man. man! But I think it, by a lot of those country comps, like I think Bundy and. Um, but Toowoomba's not running and a couple others. Yeah. If they could just put their teams in and they could play one or two games and go towards, you know, being champion of state, they'd yeah. love that, you know. Yeah. And it'd bring back a lot of excitement in the little country towns where they look like one team, one town. Yeah. Um, Have you seen the President's Cup competition that they're kicking off in New South Wales and it's got like Dubbo Sims playing? Nah, no one cares. Western Rams. Um, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was talking to, um, I was talking to Chris Doyle, our old friend of the show as well. He, um, he was telling me about the Blackhawk competition. They'd done the same thing. They cancelled. And they were trying to get like a sort of an, a, a southwest versus um, northwest sort of thing going in the country. So it would be like Blackhawk, um, Tambo, um, Barky, all those sort of southwestern places yeah. form together, make a side, and then they go up and yeah. they play Longreach and Sweet Elford story, Cone bro. And shit like that. Sweet story. Well, what about this bloke Axe and everyone? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> we're wrapping this, this up soon. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah. well, anyway, I just want um, Bergs. I want you to shout out everything you've got going at the moment, and then we'll get Righty to rip it, rip it yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go for yeah. it, Bergs. Yeah. Oh no, um, yeah. Just thanks for having us on about the book. I'm actually really yeah. excited to bring it out. I think it's one of the things I'm most proud to produce and I think it yeah. could be, you know, it tells a story about our state and it's, it's 100%. bigger than a single person. So yeah. Yeah. pretty keen for that. And and, can we, and and like I said before, we can buy a hard copy of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so sweet. They should be, you know, available in a week Where or are you so. doing your book signing at? I'll do another one at Mitchie and oh, see how that goes. I'll probably do some others around Fuck, the coast. We should, we should do a Any Given Monday on his book signing. That would be, be sick. Unless, tonight, unless, he, say, unless he thinks he'll get more people there if we weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of imagine the loose people that are going to walk past and yeah, want to comment. So when when are you doing that, Bergs? Uh, I'm talking to Jodes and Fats about a few different dates yeah. um, around when that could be. But I'll try and time it for a oh, game. Great. For yeah. a game night again. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a bit of money being made by yeah. the club yeah. and things like Lovely. that. Yeah. So like... Fuck, so if you're a Maroon fan, get yeah, get onto this yeah, shit. Yeah. Mm. Get, get on into the history of footy and, and see what makes the uh, like some of these boys that have worn the jersey at one of the ultimate levels. Yeah. And and, and this will tell their stories in depth, yeah. things that you wouldn't be able to read on and Google. And inspired boys like you, you yeah. know, like in yeah, like yeah, in, yeah. Does it. and that's the thing, the the beauty of it. Yeah. And if there's only one fucking downside the only one upside of queensland losing a couple of series yeah that there's new south wales country kids and people from like poor upbringings and so forth and yeah. that that like this gives them something to aspire oh, to be even if you never play at that level when, yeah. when yeah. some asked, will you asked earlier about what was my motivations for writing it, and that was a real big one is um you know, like even in writing this book, I found out, say, like Bennett's Don't Die With The Music In You and, and how a lot of players and a lot of kids read that and that had an impact on them. Yeah, that was yeah. And I was thinking... That, that's an NFL thing, isn't it? Yeah. Don't Die With The Music. Like he got that from... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He gets a lot of his stuff from yeah. NFL. But I just yeah. thought, if what if I brought out a book about all the inspiring stories of origin and then some kid now who's 14 or 15 yeah. picks that up 
because I'd be so good, mate. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to think who it is, but one of the players kept uh, Mel Meninga's. Oh, it was Petro. He had yeah. Mel Meninga's autobiography, and he used to pack it in his bag for every football game. Really? So he carried it around with him. Jesus. That's yeah. pretty Big cool. Mal. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That was the name of it. Yeah. Um, and there's little things like that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? If yeah. you inspire people to even play rugby league and keep playing at, you know, when they turn adult, mm. it's yeah. that's got to be a good thing. And stopping kids from getting into trouble because they're going to footy training yeah. instead of going out and fucking yeah. playing up. Before fucking. I, I'm, I, I know I'm not the same level, but like before I play like at my high level games, I listen in my iPod, I listen uh, in my wireless to stand up comedy. Yeah. Because it relaxes me I don't like the pump up music yeah. I like stand up comedy Because it puts me in the state of mind That it's like This is just This is just normal world mate mm. You're just going out there To play a game And so I always I always listen to stand up comedy Before I go out and play Yeah everyone has their own trigger yeah. That helps them Some people like yeah. to Like to fucking Headbutt walls And get yeah. all pumped Pro- up Listen to Prodigy Just fucking <laughs> <laughs> The thing with that is You can't yeah. do shit like that too soon Because that all that energy is just going to yeah. fizzle out. Before we sign out, Dana, the love life, how's that going? Talk us through it. You still uh, yeah, you know. Are you still with her? Same old, same old. Or are you yeah, still with loved her? Loved up, loved up. Are you still with her? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of positions? Well, as you see, you there's stay, quality. Stay around for a bit after the show, I'll show you. All right, <laughs> all right and I'll be leaving quickly. All right, let's wrap this up. i got to go. Right before we wrap it up, <laughs> I just want to say again, thanks to Bergs for yeah, coming no, on. Thanks, no, 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 Bergs. Appreciate it, mate. And everyone, we'll put Bergs' website yeah. up on our page and jump we'll on. We'll chuck it on our Instagram shit. Yeah, yeah Bergs. Over to you, Roddy. But oh, I think your Instagram's got more followers than ours <laughs> does. So, like, we'll chuck it up there still anyway. You, sh- you need more topless photos of you on there. For yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dickless. Boom. Oh. All right, right, let's man. Not, take let's us out. Not a- <laughs> hey, okay. take us out, right, man. Thanks heaps. Joe to Ber- Scully, take us yeah. out. Thanks Hit he- it. The- thanks heaps to Bergs for coming on. You're an ornament to the game. You're an inspirational man. I feel that if we, I've, I've actually petitioned for the powers that be at West Mitchie that we make some version of Mount Rushmore down there and we carve your face into, we get someone to carve your face into a rock fucking statue. Well, they don't I'll need let, to be an artist if they do, oh, do my face. I'll, let you, know, I'll let you know about that. I'm <laughs> a real good artist. You know, like, uh, thanks to Freedy for, 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 for confessing. Many his numerous sins that in his lot in Why his. Why does he talk normally, just like you did tonight? You know? That's good, yeah, yeah, freely. That's all good. That's and what I I'm, want. Yeah. I'm more proud of you for not killing any wombats or human beings or <laughs> yeah. yourself. I'm pr- very proud of I'd that. I'd like to part. thank the Australian Federal Police. Yes, <laughs> yes. next and week's the, yes. and there are other feds down so there. If yeah. uh, feds go if, fuck yourself. If, but anyway, uh, <laughs> if uh, Steve Johnson, if you could give Christian a ring tomorrow, we may need your <laughs> advice on a couple of issues. <laughs> Just joking, Christian never did any of those things he no, said. He's I, just yeah, I'm only out. joking around. It's only mucking no, around. I don't do that shit. Only one time. Yeah, just like, Dano does though, I don't. <laughs> I'm just like to thank. Um, we've had a rough relationship but me and the Fernie Grove Tavern. I'm looking to maybe mend these bridges no, if you get better. can't do it. If you keep better. Cannot do it. Oi, they're fucked. You cannot week. go back on that. The best part of the show every week is you I'm rinsing gonna, them for 20 minutes. I'm yeah. going <laughs> to... It was semi-enjoyable down there. It wasn't the worst nah. part. I will be back no. in a few months. No way. I no way. 
I'll go back in a few months to judge if it's got better. If it's got better, we're looking to do an episode of any given Monday down there at the Furniture. Yeah, if they pay me 10 grand, I'll fucking go down and do an episode. Other than that, I'm not doing shit. We'll take the 500 that Wes gave you to fuck off after training the other day and put it down (laughs) and put a down payment, okay? Okay. All right, Berg, thanks heaps for coming on, mate. (laughs) Yeah, and whenever you want to come on, bro, just jump on because you're great. Yeah, Yeah. and obviously, we didn't get to talk that much, like, in-depth footy. That's mainly because of me. I don't know a lot of in-depth footy. You, Dave, I think the better podcast would just be you guys, you three, and then I'd just take a back seat. (laughs) You're like uh, the old AFL show. Yeah, I'm the guy just going in the background, like, doing well. The old AFL show. Thanks, thanks, he's Remember that old AFL footy show, Bergs, when Trevor Marmalade was a comedian, used to sit behind the bar. (laughs) Yeah, that's a mad story. Let's wrap it up, eh? (laughs) um, Well, we better go. We're waiting for the Ferngrove police to knock on Freddy's door. Yeah, righty. Thanks to everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching us on Facebook Live. Thanks for Bergs for coming on. Everyone, keep following footy. Now you're starting to let people back to the NRL games. Uh, the storm should be in southeast Queensland for longer than six weeks, I think, with everything that's going on in their home state. If you if you want to get up to Sunny Coast Stadium and watch a storm home game, I'd advise you to do it. Great little setup. Uh, the West Mitchie Panthers return to the field with the West Brisbane Panthers in a few weeks, hopefully. Remember, Dana stay will be, be coming off the bench. So, uh, remember... Not my decision, mate. That's Clint's. So I want you starting. I want you my centre. So. He's talking shit. Freddie makes no decisions in that I joint. Do. I do. I told him. I go, I want fucking him my centre. And Clint, <laughs> oi, listen. Clint, you listen to this shit? Yeah, if he's listen. not my centre, I'm not fucking playing cunt. So. All right. We'll just replace <laughs> yeah. you with one of the three better hookers we have. Anyway. I'm, I, I, I'm <laughs> not a hooking dickhead. I'm a fucking <laughs> halfback. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I replaced you with two of the better halfbacks we had. All right. Okay, replace me. Okay. Brent Gash. Brent Gash, come back to training <laughs> Tuesday night. Freddy's retiring. All right. And everyone, take care. Don't be a mercenary. Support the game, and we'll be back in a week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Thanks for watching. Cheers, boys. Thanks, Bergs. Appreciate it, mate. <laughs>